What do CEOs need to know about sales these days? A lot. Outdated sales strategies and tactics plague most companies today. Listen to what innovative CEOs and experts have to say about how to change all that with Sales Talk for CEOs. One of the hardest things that we have to do today as CEOs is hire great performing teams. Now, today we're going to specifically talk about sales teams, because of course, that's what I always talk about, selling. And when you think about building a company and scaling the sales, when your sales are flat, when things aren't moving forward, you start to wonder what's wrong, what's happening, why am I not getting the results that I need? And you look at the sales team. And sometimes we want to blame people, we want to blame the sales leaders, we want to blame the salespeople. But what we really have to do is look at, as a CEO, what have I done to properly support the sales growth that I need? We look at our leaders and we look at our sellers and say, can they be peak performers? What will it take? Well, in order to have peak performing salespeople, you have to have peak performing sales leaders. And in order to have both, you have to hire right And then once you've hired, you have to continue to coach people and help them develop. So I am so excited to have my dear friend, my colleague, my confidant, some that I work with very frequently to help CEOs make sure they have peak performing teams. Lori Richardson, welcome to the show. Alice, it is just such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm just, I can't wait to jump into this conversation because You have so much to share, and the two of us have worked together so many times to really help companies build peak performing teams. So let me just pause for a second and have you introduce Score More Sales and tell everybody what you do. Great. Thank you. So we're a sales strategy firm called Score More Sales. When I first launched it almost 20 years ago now, seems so crazy, Um, but I I started off as a kind of a reactive trainer. And so people would call and say, oh, we need a, we need to learn about this sales topic or that sales topic. And so we'd create, we'd customize the content, we'd deliver it. People would tend to really appreciate it, you know, rave about it sometimes. But then I'd go back to them and I'd say, well, how much did that help your team? You know, what's the, what's the ROI? And I always got blank stares because as we know in training, there's so little um, accountability and there's just so little, uh, there are not ways to track it like there should be. So I went back and I looked for tools and processes that could help me quantify, um, you know, the the help that we were offering. And, and since we started doing that about eight years ago, I mean, it was a real game changer because we need to be able to show results in sales, right? A hundred percent. And I remember back in the days when I was selling and delivering for Miller Hyman and I would get in a room with 25 salespeople for two whole days. Right. And, you know, it was, I think, better than most training because it was it was live accounts that you were really working on. Salespeople had to prepare in advance and bring an opportunity that they were working on trying to close, right? So that it wasn't hypothetical. They were working on real deals that they cared about. And 
they'd be doing so well and they would think this is great and they would say how good it was and everything. And, you know, the course would end and I would call back a few weeks later, you know, to see how did things go? What were they doing? Were they using the tools that they learned? And it was sort of like, yeah, back to business as usual, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you just wasted $20,000. You know, there's so much here. But the problem is, like you said, how do we track what they learned? How do we get them to engage and keep using what they learned? We need better ways, right? Right. Yeah. And, and having coaching involved is a key part to follow up from training, to have someone, whether they're internal or external, but they're really committed to making sure that the reps absorbed what was talked about and that they're using it in real situations like you were saying you did in your training, but on an ongoing basis. Because once they do that, then they, they build up that muscle. But if they don't do it, there's a big disconnect and and you and I have seen it, you know, many times where people just can't be bothered or they're too busy. They can't, can't focus. And it costs them literally millions of dollars because of this. Yeah. So you have specifically found some things that make a huge difference. And one of them is some assessments by a company called the Objective Management Group. Now, you and I have worked together using this tool, right? These tools that Objective Management Group uh, has, that fondly called OMG, uh, to actually help hire better sales leaders and better salespeople, right? And then to assess the existing crew to determine what kind of coaching needs to be done to help them develop. And in some cases to determine that they're probably not the right person for the job and they're going to need a graceful exit. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, how did you find these tools? Why did you choose them? And how are you currently using them? Yeah, I I did an exhaustive search uh, for tools um, and, and just strategies that I could work into creating a process, which is the process that we have now. I wouldn't say that it's tools that we sell, but we wrap everything into a process so that we can help companies figure out whether the salespeople have what's called the will to sell. You know, those are things like desire, commitment, outlook, responsibility, motivation, those are things that are very hard to tell in an interview because as salespeople, we do our best, our best sales job, Alice, when we, when we interview, right? So true. <laughs> That's what I always say to sales leaders and to CEOs. Of course they sold you on hiring them. They're good, you know, right? That's, that's yeah. what they do. Yeah. And then, you know, the tactical skills can always be taught. Those are the consultative selling and hunting and reaching decision makers. But there's there's another group of things that are kind of, I, I consider it under the hood, if you think of a car analogy, things uh, about whether someone really needs approval or not. If I need approval, I'm trying to make friends all the time. And and instead of thinking about- like me, instead of worrying yeah. about helping them get what they need. Yes. And so if I'm a manager, a sales manager, I'm going to get pushback from my reps and I'll accept it because, you know, I really want them to like me. I'm kind of cool. 
I want to be a cool manager. Uh, if I'm a seller, I let the customers push back and they say, Oh, we'll get back to you. Don't call me. I'll call you. And we go, okay, because I need to think you know, about we it. We need to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of, you know, maybe challenging the assumption, like, well, Alice, did, did I miss something? Because it seemed like you were really excited about moving forward. And, and what did I miss? So there, there are a number of different things that um, these tools will look at. And then we wrap it in training and coaching and helping people onboard well. Because as you said, just bringing someone on who might be a star player isn't enough. They have to be onboarded and assimilated. And we need to repeat and reinforce uh, all the things that will help them succeed. So it it's not for everyone. I mean, this is change management, you know, and a lot of people don't want to change uh, deep down. And if you have a team of people, you have a buying team, you have a team within sales and HR, sometimes there's, there's one or two people that just want to buck the trend, do their own thing. And then the, the whole process does not work well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that I think is difficult for, for leaders out there today and, and for the CEO, you know, they want to let their leaders hire the people, right? And first of all, hiring is a skill you need to acquire. We don't come equipped, right? Yeah. As adults, like we didn't grow up taking courses on how to hire people. Right. In fact, I, very few people have ever taken a course on how to hire someone, right, Lori? I mean, that's, I've never met one, right? Yeah. So here as a CEO, we want to let our leaders hire people and we expect them to be able to do a great job of it. But the fact of the matter is they haven't been trained to do it. We haven't been trained to do it. And as CEOs, sometimes, especially with sales leaders, when we're hiring leaders of leaders or when our VP of sales or CRO is hiring sales leaders, we might want to have an interview with them as well, just to put in our own opinion. And that's all great. But again, we're asking a certain set of questions that may not actually be giving us the right information. So what I love is the way that you can use the OMG candidate assessment mm -hmm. so that we're only interviewing people who can and will sell. Right. And then we can, as, as non-expert interviewers, we can then ask a set of questions about cultural fit and get get to know the person and the personality versus having to drill into how do you handle a complex sale and you know how do you close a deal and all of the sales skill stuff and then we also miss the the will to sell part because we don't even know what questions to yeah. ask to uncover that so let's let's dive in there so the the candidate assessment when we set that up the the CEO the sales leaders talk together and what kinds of information do you get from them to make sure you can set that candidate profile up so that it will catch the right people in that net and present them as candidates? Well, as you know, selling is so different in so many different industries and sizes of companies. And so there is no one size fits all type of, of process to use. And, and I wanted to step back real quickly because you asked me, why did I choose the tools oh, yeah. that I chose? And the reason was because a lot of people think that you hire based on personality. 
uh, or you know, psychological assessment of some type, but actually this is the only tool I've used. These are the only um, tools that are based on core sales competencies and core sales management competencies. Not some of the core sales competencies, but all of the top uh, 21 sales competencies for success in selling. And sales managers need to understand selling too, because salespeople will respect them when that happens. If you've ever had a manager that had no background in sales, I don't know if you did, Alice, but I did. It was it's usually horrible. Now, there may be an exception to the rule, but generally we want people that understand selling and, and most have sold because we usually get promoted into a sales manager role. But, but it's important to work with uh, skills because we can identify the, the strengths that people have and how coachable they are. If someone is not strong with their will to sell and they're not coachable, there is no point to hire them and they will not right. be recommended to, to move them forward in, right. in the process. And Lori, I see so many people using disc assessments for yeah. candidates. And I'm like, all that is going to tell you is what their personal type personality type is. And you think, oh, I want a driver with some introversion. Mm, maybe not. Right. For some positions that might be okay, but we know when people have a really high eye on the disc, they tend to be talkers. Right. And they do tend to want people to like them. Yeah. And so that's not telling you whether they're going to be good at selling what you sell, whether they can sell and whether they will sell. It's just giving you an idea of what their personality is like. And I, I see a lot of people using disc and actually choosing the wrong uh, types on the disc. I think sometimes somebody with a higher C can be really great for some jobs because it's more technical, right? So I think that using those tests is only going to tell you what their personality type is and maybe what they're, they're a little better, you know, at some types of interactions, but it's not going to tell you if they can and will sell. Right. Um, so how do you set that up? So if I'm saying, okay, I want to hire an enterprise seller mm -hmm. for a complex sale, the deals are a hundred thousand to a million dollars. Like how would right. you help me and my company make sure that it assesses whether I can and will sell in that situation? So it's, it's customized. So first we start with the company and we're going to ask, we're going to learn about the size of the company and how people work and we're going to learn about management style and so forth. And then we're going to work on the specific roles. So for each of the sales roles, sometimes we have different roles for different regions, um, different areas, um, at certainly whether it's enterprise or SMB. And, and so these are all customized to the, the people that you want to hire. And you can even tweak it once it's set up uh, because if you're, as you, you know, we learn, it's a learning process. So we may have a few areas that we might want to, to alter a little bit that could allow more people to be recommended because people will either be recommended, not recommended, or they'll be worthy of consideration. And only if they're recommended, we want you to move them forward. Sometimes people will move someone who's worthy of consideration forward in the process and um, it, it can pan out, but we'll find over time the things that really trigger that. Like there's something um, 
there's something called figure it out factor, for example, which is really about how quickly someone will ramp up. So there are all sorts of, of things that we set up in advance before you give out the links to candidates to apply. And then we ask you to give it to everybody and as soon as possible in the process, because you want to eliminate the people that are not recommended are going to waste your team's time in, right. in evaluating, in, in going through and, and trying to move them forward. And people will have exhaustive converse, conversations with a candidate that ultimately they're like, I don't think this person's even listening to what I'm saying because they wouldn't have been recommended through through our process. So let's take a typical hiring process. And so we are putting out some messaging to get candidates or we have a recruiting firm finding candidates for us. And what you're saying is as very early in the process as possible, all candidates should take this assessment and then the assessment is looking at whether they can and will sell based on the parameters set up about how big the company is, about what type of sale they make, the dollar amounts, the uh, how hard the sale is, right? Yep. We're yep. setting all that up. It's like a checklist. Yes, this is this is a pretty difficult sale. Yes, it's you know millions of dollars. Yes, this person has to um, close the deals. Yes, they have to get to the decision maker. So check, 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 how check. How closely managed they are, things like that. Yeah. Okay, so we get that all set up. And then we send the link out to the candidates. They take the assessment and it comes back with uh, a, a score that's telling us if this candidate is recommended, not recommended, or worthy of consideration. Now, I want to make a note here because I've used this so many times. What I want everybody out there listening to know is that they are recommended or not recommended for this specific job. It doesn't mean they wouldn't be a great seller in some other job. What you're trying to find is the people who will be a great seller for this specific job. And, and that's why it's so yeah. customized. And it's it's saying that they're recommended to move forward. It's not saying they're recommended, recommended to, hire to hire them right now. <laughs> right. Recommended to move forward, which is yeah. so important. So now... I have these scores that tell me if they can and will sell in the situation that we have at our company yes, for this seller, roles. this exact role, right? So now I can say who's going to interview them first, right? Yeah. And they get this recommended. They get this assessment. They can read what this seller is good at and what they're not so good at. And what I love is that right in the assessment, it even says ask these questions yes. during the interview. Right. So now me, the not professional interviewer, <laughs> right? I can see some questions to ask yeah. that help me decide if we should move this candidate forward or not. Yeah. So I really love that. And tell me about how you, you know, train people to actually do this. So they get to this point and now I've got this paper in my hands that gives me these clues about the seller. And what do you then coach me to do next as the interviewer? Well, we have a whole process that we go through. In fact, um, pre-COVID, we came and did a day or two with people on, on the whole hiring process. So we have done sales. You said you haven't seen hiring training. Um, we've done some of that. Uh, but the main thing is just that there's a specific process. You don't deviate from it. 
everybody goes through the same things. Everyone goes through it, even if they're a friend of the CEO or son of, you know, somebody on the team, summer intern. They're really good. They're in the industry. So we thought we'd just hire them. I mean, you know, we, we have to put everybody through the process. That's also the way you want to do it from an HR standpoint, because we're it's fair for everyone, you know, so it follows the guidelines. And, and so we're going to see who is recommended. And, and now you're saving maybe 10 or 20 hours a week, because you're not having everybody have conversations with people that are not recommended. So think about that first, like here's a big savings. Now we can focus on the people that are much more interesting for these roles. And we have questions to ask them. So we're going to ask for, you know, the next uh, interviewer to, to use a process and we would go forward and have them use these specific questions and get a sense of how they articulate, you know, do they sound like a good fit? Can they give us some examples from the past? And, and then we can move them forward to, to the next stage, which, you know, narrow it down. Yeah, absolutely. And what I really like to do with the teams that I work with is have them write out their hiring process, right? So where are we sourcing the candidates from? What messaging are we used to get them to want to apply, right? Because we can attract them with the wrong message sometimes if we're not careful. Then explaining to them that we have this process. It starts with this uh, candidate assessment and then moving them in. And I like to explain early hey, this is what our process is. We take time because we want you to get to know us, us to get to know you and make sure it's a fit between both parties. So we're going to have you interview in these ways. We're going to do these assignments. And this is how we're going to progress through the process. So everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And then I, I really help the CEOs and their teams to have good discussions around candidates. So if you do this, if you do this well, Everybody has asked the same questions when they were interviewing so they can uh, look at candidates next to each other and see how they pan out. They can look at the candidate assessment and see the scores right next to each other to see, right? So now I've got, you know, something a little more objective (laughs) than just my gut feel. Do I like this person or not? Right. Because you're not going to be better than 50%, I bet. You know, at least I never was. And I thought it was pretty good. But the other thing it does is it, it helps with um, female candidates, which we know in sales, women are underrepresented. And anyone who's underrepresented in sales, you know, this having this set process is a really good way to support building an inclusive team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so important. And we well, maybe we'll talk about that in a minute because that, that is such an important topic that now that you bring it up, I want to spend a little time on that. But back to this, you know, where we've got a little bit more of objective. It's still subjective to some degree, although the, the candidate assessment is not subjective. It is absolutely right. objective. And you can see the comparison of scores between the people that you're interviewing. And then if you ask a similar set of questions to each candidate, you can then compare that. And then you get in a room with all the people who have done the interviewing. And some of these interviews, by the way, can be done with two or three people in the candidate, or they can be done one-on-one different ways. And I always, I know you recommend this too, Lori, is give them an assignment of something that they will have to do in their job and see how they do it, right? Mm -hmm. A writing assignment. Can they write a LinkedIn post? Can they write a good 
email um, or maybe putting together a, a little bit of a market study on the territory they're going to be in or something like that. Give them an assignment, right? Then I'll get in a room and discuss it. But here's the thing. When we start to go, oh, but I really liked him. Yeah, let's go back to the assessment. Yeah. This was not the strongest candidate on the assessment. Right. And, and then we can say, but what's the culture fit of these? So if we organize them by how well they scored um, in the can and will sell department. And I think something you mentioned that's so important is, um, are they coachable? And do they have that figure it out ability, right? Yeah. Now we're actually doing a hiring process that's going to get us to peak performers faster. Yeah. And it's interesting when you mentioned culture fit, because I was, I, I did a, a, a call yesterday with Siobhan Thatcher and the Sales Enablement Society, and she uses the term culture ad, which I really oh. love because culture fit is kind of like, we want somebody just like us, right? It's a bit <laughs> what we have, like, can we put them on a rowboat? And, you know, I've heard all these different stories, but, but a culture ad is somebody who can bring something, you know, bring something really special. And I think that's a, a an interesting change in terms. I love that. I love looking at it that way. What do they add to our culture, right? That's going to yeah. be important too. So, so let's actually dip into diversity now, because I okay. think that is a good lead into it. But I want to say, preface it with this. If we use an assessment like the OMG candidate assessment and have a great pool of candidates to pick from, now we can also start to do some of the other things that we never have time to do, right? Like make sure it's a better culture fit or a culture ad, as our friend Siobhan says. Yeah. Um, but we can also start to worry about diversity more. And I think I hear so many CEOs and sales leaders telling me, I want to hire um, a diverse candidate pool. I, I want yeah. to have a diverse candidate pool. I want to hire women. I want to hire people of color. I want to hire people from different backgrounds with different thoughts. And yet when they get these candidates, they all look the same, think the same. Yeah. And, and, and that makes me want to mention your, your new book called She Sells, because you give people tons of great ideas on how to find diverse candidates and how to hire diversity. So let's just dive into this a minute. For all of you, you out there who are really concerned about hiring diversity, there are some great ways to do it. And again, using these types of assessments let you relax on the, oh my gosh, can they sell and will they sell? Right. And look at all the other factors and features of these people yeah. that might be so great. So yeah, Lori, what do you want to say about that? Well, you actually brought this up to me a few days ago and I, I couldn't agree more is that we're working in this world at work. And then we, if we're a majority person uh, in society, we go home to our majority neighborhood and our majority friends. And we're not, we don't even know a lot of people who are African-American or other cultures or, you know, uh, other age groups, for example. Yeah. So, so it's so important that we widen our net, that we widen our, our friendships that and extend, we can meet people on LinkedIn. A lot of people turn into friends over time so that we have a better sense of, of this, you know, diverse world that our, our buyers are in. And we want to match up with our buyers. We want our sellers to match up. So that means, you know, 
more women, just more diversity and uh, diversity of thought, because we know that that means more, more revenue, revenue growth. Right. And even thinking about diversity in, oh my gosh, every salesperson we hire comes from this industry or the, yeah, we, we only hire people that come from Cisco, you know, or something. Yeah, like or that. prep school. We used to, when I was in Boston, it was always a prep school guy who played lacrosse, you know, right. named, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to look a little further and like you were saying, and, um, I shared a a video that Mika made um, with Gerhard when Mika, I can't think of her last name right now, but she, she's a um, CRO uh, for a huge major league baseball team. And she's an African-American woman. So first of all, she's a woman in baseball and we know that's getting a little more common, but it's not that common yet. Right. And she's an African-American woman in baseball. And she's saying, look, even me, I'm an, I am an only, right. The only woman in this, senior level, the only black person in this senior level. And I want to hire a diverse candidate pool, but I go home to people who look like me, right? I dine with others that look like me. I go to a club with others that look like me. I even have to be conscious. How do I attract a diverse pool? Well, I have to change who I sit with at dinner and where I go and who I know if I want to attract that. And I think that so many people just don't think of that. Right. So we put out, Oh gosh, we're hiring salespeople to our own company. Well, that's going to get us more people like us. Right. And then we um, put it out to our friends. Oh, I want to, we're hiring. Right. Oh Lori, we're hiring. Okay. So then you put it out to your friends who are just like you. Right. Now you and I have worked really hard on building a very diverse network uh, of people who we know and love. So when yeah. we put it out to our networks, we do get more diversity back. Yeah. But we work hard at belonging to groups of women sellers. Yeah. We work hard at being at places where there are others that don't think and look and act exactly like us and don't come from the same backgrounds. Yeah. Other people aren't yet doing that. So let's share a few ideas on how they can get a diverse candidate pool. Because what happens is you and I both know, um, they put out an ad on Indeed or someplace where, yeah. you know, college graduates know to look, right? So again, you're just slimming down your pool again, or um, they, they um, you know, have a recruiter and my gosh, I, I just want to strangle some of these recruiters. I'm like, you brought me 12 white men. Yeah. You got nobody else? I yeah. mean, wh- where, what pool are you fishing? Because that's right? easier. That's easy. That's an easy way. It's harder to do what we're talking about. It's harder to say, you know, we're going to take a little more time to figure this out. But looking at, you know, different places. Now there are communities of women in a lot of different places that we know online and women in revenue and um, women women in sales and um, um, society of saleswomen and sisters in sales. And, you know, there's a lot of different places that people can go. I admire a, a leader who will post on LinkedIn to say, you know, ultimately we're going to find a great candidate. And we just want you to know that we're looking for uh, anyone that has, uh, you know, that we're, we want to build an inclusive team and so please apply or please spread the word. It doesn't mean they're going to hire, you know, because people say, well, we can't say that we we only want to hire a woman. 
because um, you don't you don't need to do that. But if you say we have this open and we are looking, uh, here's what is required. The other thing is that there are tips on how to make a job posting look more appealing to more people. For example, if you have hundreds of bullet points all the way down, you're gonna have less women apply because as women, we don't want to waste people's time. And we're going to think, you know what? I don't do all those things. So I'm not even going to apply. Yeah, the requirements. Let's stay on that for a second. Because sometimes I see companies put way too many requirements. Yeah. You don't need a salesperson to have all of those things no. to be a good salesperson. Right. Take some of those off because I think that, uh, you know, people who maybe have a different background or, again, women will just say, oh, I don't fit all of those criteria. Yeah. I shouldn't apply. So really be careful. Maybe there's three key criteria that you absolutely have to have. And the rest are sort of nice to have. So don't yeah. bullet it to death of all the requirements. You won't get very many people. And I don't know why this is, Lori. And I know there's we've talked about this before, but for whatever reason, the guys will be like, ah, I got four of the eight. I'm good. You know, <laughs> they'd be oh, lucky oh, to I have me. <laughs> <laughs> so they just, just, you know, go right in there with that. But yeah. women and, and, um, you know, people who have been historically marginalized don't do that. They think I'm not, oh, I'm not good enough. Maybe. Or, or, or. and I think, you know, sometimes people say it's a confidence thing, but I, I think it's a, I don't want to waste your time thing. Like, yeah. why would I even apply if I only met half the requirements? Right. It's a waste of your time and my time. And yeah. so, and and we do that as women all the time. We make judgments. We decide to go somewhere and not go somewhere because like, I don't really want to do this, that, or the other thing. And we'll eliminate ourselves from things that might've been really great. And I, we know, you know, putting on events and things like that, that sometimes people exclude themselves and then feel bad later. So I'm, I'm going to encourage women to apply, even if they don't meet all the criteria and for leaders to just, you know, even put in it, you know, if you don't match all of the requirements, please reply anyway, please apply yeah. anyway. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that is a really good way to get a more diverse candidate pool. And again, if you're worried, these people won't be qualified, right? Right. Can they, and will they sell? Don't worry about it. Right. You just worry about attracting the most diverse candidate pool that you can. Yeah. And then you give them uh, this uh, OMG candidate assessment yeah. and it takes care of it for you. It yeah. will rise to the top, those who can and will sell. Yeah. And I, I just can't drive that home enough to CEOs who are letting their leaders do it another way because right. you're not getting a diverse candidate pool and you're not getting the best salespeople as noted in most sellers, whatever, 50% of sellers don't hit their quota. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of them is you didn't pick the right people in the right. first place. There are a lot of people that shouldn't be in sales that are in. And I would say, you know, if you do this with Objective Management Group, work with a partner and work with someone who knows what they're doing. Um, we'd be honored to talk to people about it, obviously. Um, but we've learned so many things over time because it's not all intuitive. There's there's a lot to learn about this. And then what I work with companies on now is just being a stickler about the process and following the process. Yeah. You just cannot let things slip 
if you work the process, you get great results. And that's yeah. why we get leaders who will go to a new company and they immediately call us and say, I worked it into my comp plan that we're going to evaluate the team first. So I know what I'm walking into. We just did that with uh, one of our repeat clients yesterday. Well, and I want to get to that in a second about about evaluating your existing team. But I just want to go back to, you know, stick to your process because you've been with me, Lori, through me breaking the process that I set up at my own clients, right? So I'm like, okay, here's the hiring process. We write it down. Everybody agrees to it. We're going to use the candidate assessment. We go through and I get somebody who's not recommended and everybody wants them. And I even interview them and say, yeah, I, I think they can, you know, do it. Like you know, convince myself. I really like them. And we hire them and like two or three weeks later, they quit or we're like, oh my gosh, we've made a huge mistake. We haven't let this person go. The, the two times in the last three years that I've done that and called you crying, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, I can just say to everyone out there, CEOs, ensure that your sales leaders have a process and that they stick to it. And if you use this candidate assessment, believe it. When it tells you whether they can and will sell, believe it because it is it is true. It's been validated. It will hold it's up. It's 92% accurate. So it's not 100%. Things can slip through, but 92%, I mean, that's way more than my 50% that I ever was. Right. Well, oh my gosh. And it truly is. You, you're you you're interviewing people. It's 50-50, whether you're going to get a good one or not. Yeah, and and it's coin. not only that, they might've been really good at their last job. They yeah. might've been a 300% yes. a quota person at their last job, but do they fit the criteria for this job? That's yeah. what we miss all the time. And that's what I love. On the um, candidate assessment, there's two pieces or actually three, but it's, you know, do they fit the criteria for this specific job where you have yeah. this checklist of things they have to be able to do, you know, closing deals and, and getting to the, uh, the, the economic buyer and all those kinds of things, right? And then it's also got the, will they sell? Do they have the yeah. desire? Do they have the drive? Do they have the commitment? Do they have the responsibility? Will they take responsibility? Are they coachable, right? Yeah. And that way you really can see and you know what you're walking into. Yeah. Because once they're hired, what do you do, Lori, with that assessment? It turns into a coaching document. That's right. So that's another, that's a great benefit of it. It's not just a tool. That's why I don't like talking about them as tools because they're really processes. And now we have some common language. You know, hopefully we've looked at the whole team with the, the other process and, and now we can, you know, help people grow by focusing on their strengths and helping them with the areas they're not as strong in. And it's amazing. Yeah, yeah that coaching document, once, once the leader learns how to use that, yeah. they can choose one topic, you know, one area of strength one area of weakness and just work on that. And I like working on the strengths as much as the weaknesses because I want them to get even better at their strengths, right? But then yeah. sometimes they're going to have to get better, for example, at closing or at getting to the economic buyers. So we're going to have to work with them on that. But then we can see exactly what their progress is. We know what to work with them on. We can see and measure the progress, which I just love. So yes. that takes me to wanting to have you share about how we look at existing teams. Cause 
<clears throat> this is so great for hiring to bring in better candidates to begin with, right? And yeah. then to hire uh, peak performers from the get-go and to know how to coach them. But we're sitting here with an existing team, and this happens all the time to me, Lori. Um, a CEO will call me in and they'll say, gosh, I don't know if this is the right sales leader. I don't know if we have the right salespeople on the team. Can you assess them and tell me about that? Yeah. And I and I usually say something to them, especially about sales leaders. I say, if you think they're not the right sales leader, you're probably right. But yes, I can talk to them, right? And I can see and I can learn. But with these assessments, uh, for the sales leaders and the sales team that are existing, how does this work? How do we help a CEO feel confident that they have the right team and that that team can be developed or know that, yeah, you don't, you're right. You were right. You don't yeah. have the right leader. And some of these team members are not going to be able to sell well in this particular situation that you have. Yeah. It, it's, it's, Another process where we look at all the sellers, we look at the sales managers, and this can work uh, with multiple teams with a larger company, um, and we look at the top leader, and, and it all interconnects. So one area that we're always talking about coaching, right? So in this case, we're going to ask about seven or eight different types of coaching to find out what does your manager coach you on? And a rep can list a number of different areas that they get coached on. And how often do they coach you? Because we'll go to the to the manager too and say, do you coach your reps? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. How often do you coach them? Oh, well, all the time, you know, and they, they'll put down how much time they feel that they coach. And then we get the individual reps back sharing what they really are, how much they really feel they're coached and what they're coached on. And we can see big gaps. And right there, it's hugely valuable to help to reset and to set expectations about what coaching should be, which in my mind, as much as 50% of a manager's time, oh, I know yeah. that doesn't happen, but that's ideally what the, the stats show that to, to really see uh, change over time. And, and then, you know, we'll also see if the reps are in the right roles, because you might have three or four different selling roles and it will show which reps are in the right roles and why. And, and give you incredible data like that. So we'll end up with hundreds of data points. And then we help the client interpret that data. So it's, you know, data is one thing. I mean, having a mass of data isn't very helpful until you can yeah. hone in on the key, key. Three key areas is kind of what we, we target. And then sometimes people want more. But we've done some really incredible projects that way by helping companies figure out, is it a, is it a hiring issue? Is it a manager issue? Um, is it a combination of things? And uh, it's very, very rewarding. Yeah, that data really informs you on what you need to do next, right? So yeah. I think a, a key thing too is that when you assess people and you find out what their strengths and weaknesses are, again, around selling in your environment, they might yeah. be a great seller somewhere else or just not a great seller in this environment. Right. But also it gives us a clue as to you know, just because they're not a good seller in this particular job doesn't mean they won't be a good person to have at your company in another job. Right. So it can clue us into that as well and not just be like, oh, they're not performing, fire them. So right. that's a huge 
that's a huge waste of money because this person has been trained. They know your product. They know your people. They know your culture. Yeah. If they're a good human and they're doing the best they can, it's just that this position isn't exactly right for them. Why would you fire them? Right? <laughs> and they'll happen? know it. You know, they when they know that you know, <laughs> it's funny how that we've seen managers who someone told me once they said, oh, he's not going to like hearing that he didn't do very well on this as a manager. And I talked to the manager and he was so relieved. He goes, I really hate managing. I, I really want to be an individual contributor again. But he just couldn't find a way to do it, you know, that that worked. And and he moved over and he's, you know, racking up the revenues for the company, doing what he loves. And they brought in a manager who was much stronger. So it, it's a it's a happy ending in those yeah, cases. Yeah, absolutely. And again, what I love is that once we understand the leader and the strengths of the leader and the weaknesses of the leader, their leader can coach them. That could be the CEO, it could yeah. be the CRO or somebody above them that's then coaching them. Or you can hire a coach, right, to coach mm -hmm. them to improve. But we've got a document that tells us with data points what this person is good at and what they need help with, right? So now we have a path, a clear path. These are the things that we need to do. And it makes yeah. the coaching so much easier. And in turn, that sales leader has that same type of information on each seller and yeah. they can then work, you know, a, a clear coaching path. Okay. They've got to become better at closing. Here are the things they need to know. I'm going to coach them on that. They've got to be uh, better at asking questions. I can coach them on that. So it's so clear from the assessment, what needs to be done next, that if you set them on that path, right. And, and have that expectation as a CEO, now you have all this data, let's do something with it. Let's use it. And let's develop these people to be peak performers, or maybe they're already very good. We're going to make them even better, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it works out that people either want to get better or they realize they're really in the wrong role and they know that you know it now. And so, so they're going to look for other avenues, like maybe in customer success or maybe as an account manager, maybe they could farm because they're stronger in farming than hunting. And, and so it's a really, I just find it to be a very positive experience when you can have honest conversations with people about, these are about skills. You know, many sales managers were not taught how to be a sales manager. I, I never was. And, and so of course, you're not going to know how to do everything. It's not a personal attack. You know, it's just, we're just right. weighing different, you know, how, how the skills uh, fit for you. And then you can improve if you want to in many areas. And, and if not, you know, if you have a, a low, what we call sales DNA and you're not coachable, you know, then, then we're going to know that, you know, something else is ahead for you. That's right. Right. It may be something else at this company or somewhere else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, Lori, the time has flown by and I knew it would. And I'm so glad we got to share with the CEOs and those who support CEOs out there, uh, that there is a better way to hire, yeah. that there is a great way to assess the team you currently have and to really build that sales organization that's going to take you to the next level where you want to be. 
increase the valuation of your company, right? Because yep. in the end, most of the CEO founders that we work with, they want to exit at some point. Right. And so in, increasing sales rate is just one piece of it. You've got to increase that valuation too. And having a strong team is going to do that. So Lori, tell everyone where they can find you if they want to learn more. Well, they can reach out to me by email, Lori, L-O-R-I at scoremoresales.com. I'm on LinkedIn, kind of all over the place. We're run a lot of social media uh, at Score More Sales. And, um, you know, we, you can get my phone number right off of link, my LinkedIn profile. So let's And go. I really, thank you, Lori. And I really recommend if you're trying to hire a more diverse candidate pool and if your company truly wishes to get women um, into the sales, onto the sales team and promote them into sales management, then please get Lori's book. It's called She Sells and you can get it on Amazon. You got oh there it is I should have I should have good job I should have had it ready, um, all right wonderful wonderful thank you so much Lori as always right I mean we talk every week but it's always a pleasure I always learn something and I thank you so much for being on the show thanks Alice <laughs> if you enjoyed the show please like and subscribe and we'll see you next week.